Howdy. Welcome back to the Akshay Parada podcast. I am your host, Dominic Berrettini. How is everybody doing? Good? Great. Today, we are joined by first year Sheridan High School English teacher, Danielle Torpy. Hello, Dominic. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the idea of being yourself. Uh, we discussed the planning of this in a little bit, and we kind of bounced around a couple ideas. But uh, we decided that it should revolve around staying true to yourself and that um, idea of being yourself. And for those of you that don't know Miss Torpy, she's full of energy. She, uh, she's kind of the reason I picked this topic. Um, she's kind of the thing that I think of within Sheridan High School of being yourself. Um, and I think she, she just is really good about embracing herself. You got anything for that? No, no, but thank you. That was super nice. Well, uh, we'll get to know her a little bit. Um, so uh, where'd, you, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Rock Springs, Wyoming. <laughs> and I can tell by the face you just made uh, that it is not good. Um, but I will say it's very similar to Gillette. Uh, kind of gross, kind of boring. Not a big fan. Not a big fan, but good people nonetheless. So good people. <laughs> so as you uh, progressed through high school, what was your college path? Mm, I knew that I would go to college, but not for school. I always knew that I would go to college because of sports. Ended up loving playing sports in college, but I found my academic path there. So I was really excited to do that. Would you play for sports-wise? I played volleyball. That was it? That was it. <laughs> so did you always think about that English teacher when you first got there, or was it just something else? No, I actually had two... I hadn't declared as a freshman, but I knew I wanted to be a nurse, or I wanted to be a teacher, and I didn't know of what. Uh, but I saw blood once, and that kind of nixed nursing for me, because I almost passed out. Just a no-go. Yeah, that was a no. Um, and then with teaching, I didn't want to teach elementary, because I find them kind of gross. Uh, so I, my heart kind of went towards English teaching. Um, that was the subject I was most confident in. That's how I decided English and teaching. And where did you study at? Black Hill State. Oh, that seems a reoccurring place for everybody <laughs> yeah. in Wyoming to go to. <laughs> Uh, is there anything you do outside of school, like hobbies-wise? I like to hang out with my dog <laughs> all the time. Uh, I love fly fishing and backpacking, mountain biking. Like the generic Wyoming person. Yeah, pretty, pretty common Wyoming person for sure. Um, but I love plants. I guess that's common white girl of me, but I do love plants. Yeah. I have a lot of plants. <laughs> Like Miss Yeager, she wants more plants for her classroom. I know, yes. <laughs> so we'll transition over here to uh, kind of the why of this podcast. Um, you know, what do you think is important about being yourself? What do you think is the main importance that, like, you're willing to express yourself? Well, I think it's important to express yourself because your identity is who you are so if you're not able to express who you are and how you want to be um, that seems really pro like problematic on a basic needs level um, but I think that gets really really hard in high school for a lot of kids yeah yeah um, and I think personally like it's I put it here as a important puzzle piece to your life as a whole 
uh, because you are who you are for a reason um, and you have your thoughts and the ways that you are um, whether that's how you came up or you found that out through yourself and I think trying to be something else or someone else is not really good for yourself whether it's mentally or anything like that and um, I think being yourself is kind of a problem in some aspects, especially uh, at a, like a young adult or high school age. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah, I think in high school and junior high is where it starts to become a self-conscious aspect of it. And earlier when we were talking and I asked you, when do we start to discover ourselves? And we weren't really clear, but I did a little bit of research and we start to discover ourselves at age eight. So what was Dominic at or like at age eight? I don't even know. Full of energy, I would assume. Okay. Um, I was actually really surprised to see that because at eight years old is the height of creativity too. So when we think about creative writing and poetry at eight years old, that's typically the time when your imagination is the most wild. Um, so I thought that was pretty fascinating. But it's also the age where you're most unapologetic. So I'm guessing, Dominic, you are probably running wild, being crazy, would probably get in trouble, but you were self-discovering, right? You were being a, like, you were being a hood rat, but with no apologies because that's who you were and you were stuck in that. And then once you get into this junior high level, all of a sudden, um, behaving out of the norm, you get what kind of negative reaction from who? I think the other people around you, do you think that's like a people developing uh, like judgment? Yeah, don't you think? So in junior high, when you pick your nose, who's going to tell you not to do that? Everyone. Everyone, yeah. right? So then we start to develop that this poor eight-year-old that has been squashed now is now being constantly monitored by peers and adults to act a certain way. Um, And then that, trying to identify yourself and be yourself, but also being monitored by others to act in an appropriate way and in this self-normity way, now we're at this really tough juncture where self-discovery is really, really hard. Yeah, so you think that's kind of a problem nowadays, or has been? Yes, don't you think that's a problem? I think it is a problem. Um, I don't think kids are really showing their true self Uh, like they should be and a lot of it I do think is judgment people are afraid of getting judged by I think mostly other students especially in high school and I I think we talked about earlier kind of in that like perfect world um, if nobody cared things would be so much easier to go about your day and if everybody was just trying to get like the basic needs in high school getting that knowledge rather than like worrying about somebody else's appearance, I think things would go way easier. Right, and we also talked about how there's a standard and we asked who sets that standard. So if I am walking down the hall and I'm wearing something like a cat sweater, if that's deemed outside of the norm from whoever set that standard, now I am the one who's being weird, although the cat sweater might make me feel like myself. Yeah. Um, do you think that there are people in our school who are setting standards that are detrimental to others? Yeah, and I think it's. Um, I think it goes along with kind of the social class in a sense. Like there's popular, and then maybe there's like the nerds and stuff like that. That sounds kind of 
sounds kind of mean. Um, but like, you know, some of the popular kids say they weren't all like name brand, like Nike and stuff like that. And they're kind of setting that standard and everybody kind of looks up to those athletes and popular kids. And I think they are kind of creating that. In a positive or negative way? Um, I don't think it's an intentional, or yeah, I don't think it's an intentional negative, but I think it turns out to be. Um, they're just, everybody's looking up to them, and then when they can't get that, they feel bad about themselves because they can't look a certain way. Right. Um, and I think it's it's not meant to be, but sometimes it can. Right, and if we're going to look at it from the aspect of an athlete, I think Sheridan High School does a really good job um, surprisingly with our male athletes as well of being this really positive influence for the the greater good but that standard is set with them because all the eyes are on them so we could take the football team for example state champions really great academically have this standard and yet is that standard being fair to the majority of the population like you said the theater kids and is that standard being set for the musicians and is that standard being set for the dungeons and dragons club like all of these expectations and what's really hard is although that expectation is really great i find a lot of value in that expectation is it being able or allowing room for other kids to become themselves because there's nothing wrong with being the star student and the star athlete and the state champion and the the volleyball player or the basketball player, whatever you may be. But if that's the standard we're holding everyone to, it doesn't give us a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. Right? So you wrote, by definition, the term of being yourself means to be true to your core identity rather than faking a different one because you think it is attractive to others. Why do you think that's so important? I think it's important, um, like, looking at it with a relationship kind of standpoint. Um, like, if you're trying to get on this date, right, and you, like... You, <laughs> hypothetically, uh, right? Hypothetically. <laughs> uh, you're trying to get on this date, and, um, like, you you think that the way you are right now is not going to be attractive to uh, the person that you're trying to get with. And so you like feel a sense that you need to change your own ways to kind of fit that criteria to get with that person. I don't think that's how it should be. Um, you should be able to be yourself and you should find somebody that can um, care for you in that way. Right. And you can even put that idea towards social groups too. Yeah. Right. So if you, um, if you want to be friend group with or friends with this one particular group, but you don't fit that norm, if you change everything about yourself just to fit in, uh, that's also really problematic. And what we talked about is whether you're looking at it from the lens of just friendship or relationship or whatever, um, that that growth, that change should be selfish growth, not to be a mirror so when you're yeah. mirroring people that necessarily you don't fit into eventually that mirror is not going to work anymore yeah right because your true self starts to come out um that's why like in relationships you hear the honeymoon phase where everything's perfect well then all of a sudden uh your flaws and whatnot come out and you have to accept those 
as well. Or you can selfishly work on them um, with the expectation that you're not trying to morph into what is expected, but morph as a good person. Yeah. So earlier we talked about how if I came up to you and I said, Dominic, your thesis is not very good because it doesn't have X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Well, you may look at that instance and say, well, you know, I didn't sleep that night. I didn't really work that hard on the thesis. It's not my best. It's fine. I can do it better. Or you could take it and approach as, yeah, I really don't understand what's going on here. Um, I'm going to spend some extra time to make sure that I've got this down so that the next time I perform, I'm going to be able to do this correctly. So if we take that in a social aspect, if I say, Dominic, your hair looks like Justin Bieber. Hey, if you like Justin Bieber, that's a compliment, yeah. right? But if you stop and you're like, man, I, I really don't care what Miss Torpy has to say about my hair, so I'm just gonna move on from that. Or you could take it as approaches, yeah, I haven't had a haircut in four weeks. I look a little rough. I'm gonna go get a haircut for myself, not for Miss Torpy or not for whoever but because to be my most authentic self, I'm going to grow from this opportunity and shape because it would make me feel better, right? Your hair looks great, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> Unless you like Justin Bieber, because you know that I'm the biggest fan ever. Yeah. Um, but when we think of these things that allow self-growth, it, be, it should be that selfish reason, not because we want to be something else for someone else it should be we want to be the best versions of ourselves so i'm going to do whatever it takes to become that not for you or him or that person but because of myself and i think going along with that um like social rejection is a big (laughs) problem um like mr sullivan said the other day um the story about the peaches uh to give you a little preview it was a great story um (laughs) So a person walks into a peach store and finds the you know brightest and juiciest peach and uh, takes a bite out of it and doesn't like it. And he told us the moral of the story is some people don't like peaches. Uh, and to take that is some people aren't going to like you even though like you're just the way that you are, and that's okay. Um, you shouldn't have to feel like you should change for one person. Right. And I think that's super important. Yeah, or a group. There's probably a group of people that don't like peaches. Um, But if you just take your time and say your course, you're going to find that person or that group that's going to be like, you're my fruit of choice. (laughs) You're it, right? Um, Yeah, I think that's, I love that idea of just being yourself. Um, And there are going to be people, even as a, a young teacher, that first day of school you can tell who's going to be on your level and who's looking at you like good god please be quiet lady right and those those aren't the people that i have no i have no negative um feelings towards them but they're just not on that level and that's okay because if they go into another classroom um they're going to find that person um and it's okay. That exception to the rule and finding being yourself to be authentic is still okay, um, even if it's not everyone's cup of tea. Yeah. yeah. So who or what does being yourself benefit? Oh, we talked about this. Whether that's like a personal or a social kind of level of benefits. So being, we talked a little bit about this earlier too, of being yourself adds a lot of diversity, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Sheridan... We need a lot more diversity, right? Because we have the one-off minorities every once in a while that add some 
differences. But if we all wore the same exact thing, if we all acted the same exact way, if we all did everything the same, would that be a school you would want to go to? No. No. Would that be a school that fulfills your societal needs? No. Okay. So what I think individuality benefits for the greater good and self um, is that it enhances a school's culture, which is one of the biggest things Sheridan is um, focused on is how do we enhance that culture. And so if we have this really cool culture of athletics, which I think is thriving here, and I don't think anyone would deny that, but what if we have a really cool culture of theater kids too, which we do, but no one's going to their stuff. Yeah. You know, like what if, what if this awesome established culture went to every single play? And what if all the theater kids went to a basketball game? What if all the basketball kids went to orchestra and just watched? There's this pocket of idea that embracing yourself while uplifting others and embracing who they are as individuals adds that cross culture where it's not just the sports team or it's not just the band culture, it's not just the D&D culture, but it can be the Sheridan Bronx culture that may have some differences, but at the end of the day, those are your people that you feel like are in your community and who you can support. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of talked like on the normaldy kind of thing. There's a big normal, and then like talking like, say the U.S. There's a normaldy that you wear clothes in public, <laughs> and then you come down to a smaller scale like Wyoming, and you're gonna see people in like cowboy boots and jeans. And you're not going to see that in other places sometimes. And um, so seeing difference, I think, is kind of where people get thrown off track with the whole idea. And while you see it as different and kind of weird, other people are like, hey, this is me. I like am expressing myself. Yeah. And with that, we talked along the lines of, and it's kind of bizarre to think about, but if you walked into school and knew that no one cared what you were doing, what you acted like, what you were wearing, what your hair was like, nothing. Would that enhance the high school experience? Most definitely. Okay. So every single day you walk in with this knowledge that I can be who I am. No one's going to tell me otherwise because they don't care as long as I'm here and I'm doing what I need to do. Um, that might enhance the high school experience. Now, I think that's really far-fetched. I don't think that that could ever happen um, because we have things such as bullying. And part of high school is to have that social integration and finding out where you fit in the world and finding out your friends and finding out your hobbies and your interests. Um, But just for a day, I wonder if we all shifted our perspective of you do you, I'm going to do me, don't worry about me. I'm not going to worry about you. Yeah. How much easier high school would be for some people? I think it I think it'd be really well. Um but even for our popular kids, right? Yeah. Like what if we didn't have the expectation for our popular kids to be that person or our athletes to be the star athlete? Like just one day have a break. Just yeah. show up. Be be here, be cool, be present. I think that would make a world of difference in a lot of people's lives. And going along with that, we also talked about, um, like, when somebody's gone, you're, like, you're not worried about, like, if something's wrong. You're worried about why they're not here. And 
I think people are so worried about others nowadays that they're not worrying about themselves mm -hmm. and it's taking a lot longer to find out who they truly are when they don't have other people that they right. need to worry about when you're in the real world and you're on your own then you start mm -hmm. realizing who you are yeah and I think with that as well that comes down to the idea of your community um, like I know the people that are closest to me, if they're not where they're supposed to be, my first instinct is to worry. Like, what are you doing? Um, why aren't you where I, you're supposed to be? Which is frightening to me because there's that expectation of, I care about you, where are you at? Um, when my students are gone, it's like, where, where is this kid, right? Um, but in high school, if everyone's worried about one another, you're not really accomplishing anything. Um, if you have that good friend in class that sends you a Snapchat or a text, hey, where are you at? Torpy's gonna mark you tardy if you don't get here soon. That is a friendship that is established beyond the classroom. Um, but the one kid that you never talked to that's tardy or that's late, you probably didn't even think twice. Um, and they're, they're okay. So what if you add that same ideology to everybody of, oh, okay, well, they're gone. Maybe I'll check in with them. but. At the end of the day, like, I'm here, I'm going to focus on myself, I'm going to get what I need done, I'll check in with them later. Um, putting yourself as a priority first in order to be that authentic self and to make sure that your needs are getting met too, um, instead of worrying about what someone's wearing or what someone looks like or who they're dating or if they turned in their homework, just seems like really boring worries to add to your plate. Yeah, all right, another question. Um, what do you think someone could do to better focus on themselves, whether it be like a trick, routine, habit, or something that they can develop to focus on bringing out their true self or allowing them to be them? I think everybody has different things that they can do, and you'll, you'll spend your whole life trying to find them. Personally, for me, I like to write five things that I'm grateful for every single day. Um, whether it's on a sticky note or in my planner. Um, for a while, I had like my own journal when I was super into it, um, but I've adapted it enough to where it's just five things that make me grateful. And typically, I have one about myself, one about friends, one about my dog. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and then two like things that just I didn't even expect, right? So my first thing is always about myself it's like man I'm I'm grateful that I had a great hair day today or I'm grateful that I got all my grading done I'm grateful that I just woke up on some days that are really rough right like thank god I just got out of bed today um, so always just giving yourself that little pat on the back of you know what it may have not been perfect but you're grateful yeah. and then with your family too or the people you're extended family right like I'm grateful that this person texted me today um, I'm grateful that this person made coffee I'm grateful that my mom gave me a call right those are little things that help you as an individual notice that people care about you and then the dog ones always just because she's perfect <laughs> um, but then there's always those two random things that you never expected like today being on a podcast would make my list like I had no expectation this morning that I would be doing this and then here I am enjoying it because not only are you a wonderful student and a person but what a cool opportunity for our school right yeah. um, so that one that one's a really important practice to me just to spend five minutes to think about what you're grateful for. Um, the other thing is, is I like to set 
aside time to do positive affirmations which sounds so barf when you say it out loud like oh Dominic I want you to write seven positive affirmations Um, but it goes back to that idea of being grateful like girl your outfit looks great today and then moving on or if I am really struggling with myself on one day I'll try and do it to others so I might just go out in the hall and be like great sweater you know or if especially like when I I couldn't see oh my was like this yesterday was it was a rough day okay so when i am not feeling good internally i try to give that externally even though it's hardest thing in the world to do so i might find someone to say great hair great style today your shoes although they're really dirty like awesome and i'd love that for you or i'll give extra feedback to kids in the classroom of extra praise um, because that kind of stuff counters those things that i'm feeling and you know that my whole teaching philosophy and my reason why is that we should be nicer or kinder than we feel. Right? So if you're not being very kind to yourself one day, you've got to be kinder to other people. Yeah. And it doesn't... That was, that was aggressive. <laughs> it doesn't always make everything better, but um, it can be helpful. So if you're having a really, really good day, share that with other people. It's like, God, yeah, I'd love my outfit today. Let's find two people that also have a sweet outfit. Or um, I just dyed my hair. It's totally rad. Go tell someone else that their hair looks great. Um, just uh, reinforcing that positive um, affirmation, that positivity of, I don't know you, but great style. Or I don't know you, but you sounded awesome on the announcements today. Um, Oh, you have art class? Me too. I love art. Let's be best friends forever and go drink a smoothie. Like that's how it happens. That's how that culture shifts. Um, Last question. Uh, Do you believe there is a negative side to showing your true personality all the time, whether it be around anyone or everyone? It's kind of an in-depth question. (laughs) Do I think there's anything negative to showing your true personality? Um, No, I don't. I don't think that there is a negative outcome of showing your true personality um, ever. I think that there could be negative pushback from peers or the people you're around. Um, But I also think that there are different levels of your personality. So, like you were saying earlier, I am very loud, very obnoxious, very all over the place, right? And I I know that about myself, and I love that about myself because it's really unique. Um, But I also know there's a time and place. Like, when I'm mad at someone or you're not meeting my expectations, the mom voice comes out, and you know it can be scary. But that doesn't mean I'm not being authentic to myself. I just know that time and place means time and place. And there's got to be... Um, some self or style of self-regulation that helps you still be authentic but also reading the cue now that doesn't mean if someone walked into my classroom and said you're being obnoxious be quiet I would tell them to go kick rocks right Um, but if I'm in a formal meeting I can't be going in there like like a dinosaur you know I gotta pull it back a little bit Um, which is which is still a, a form of true authenticity Um, without losing who you are as a person, but also understanding um, your time and place, too. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to start this new segment. Uh, It's where we ask two questions, and you can take as much time as you need for this. Um, First question, what's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? That one's easy. I had 
a friend teach me to be kinder than I feel. So I, I feel like that was a really eye-opening moment for me um, to be kinder than I felt. I didn't know what that meant at first. And then once I really sat and thought about it for a long time, it was like, oh yeah, even on my best days, I can be better. And even on my worst days, like we can pull through. Um, so I always like that advice to be kinder than you feel. <laughs> the worst piece of advice. <laughs> um, worst piece of advice whether like you disagree with it or it just doesn't doesn't click with you god that's hard <laughs> i feel like people give bad advice all the time yeah um what's yours for worst or best both um i think best is probably um what you put in or what you yeah what you put in is what you get out yeah um and that's we get that a lot especially like on the football field you're gonna you're gonna get out what you put in and Um, it shows right it's proven effective for you guys it's been really great or in academics you know Mm -hmm. if you're not gonna be realistic um that came from russ a rapper um and a producer uh and he kind of ties it in like you can't tell me that it to be realistic um just because you don't think i can you don't know like uh the work that i've put in or the work that i'm going to put in and of course like you know there's always people that say something and maybe it's a joke but the people that are like serious about it like there's a young seven-year-old that wants to go to the nfl or the nba or anything like that and he's like you know i want to do this and somebody's like hey be realistic you know you're a kid from let's say wyoming like there's not many people that you know, go do big things, but um, I think being realistic is just kind of undercutting yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, and I think that my worst, I think the thing that I don't like the most um, advice-wise that I've ever heard kind of goes along that same vein. I cannot stand when people say, stay in your lane, right? So if you take staying in your lane to heart, you're, you're not going to go anywhere, right? So if you look at, let's start from Danny as a ninth grader in high school. Did not like school, did not put any effort in, did not do well, right? So if I stayed down that lane my whole life, I probably wouldn't be where I am at, right? Right, so I, that idea of staying in your lane has always been super confusing to me. Um, like, do you just want people to stay in the expectations that people have set, like, oh, you're not very good at school, you're not going to do this, you're not going to do this, just stay in your lane, right? Like, just go to Walmart, Um, you can get a job there. If we put everyone in their lane, no one's going to do something that, one, shocks them, right? If you do something that just blows your mind, that I feel like is not staying in your lane. Or if you do something beyond what others expect of you, um, that's not staying in your lane. Um, so I, I, I've never liked that advice of, oh, just stay in your lane. I really like to see kids challenge themselves and go outside of their lane. Yeah. If that If you're expected to do X, Y, and Z, try A, B, and C and see what that gets you. You might fail and might not be the best thing in the world, but at least you tried it. Mm-hmm. And if you can pick up a tool from that, like, great, let's use that. And so this idea of just being singular in this projected lane that you're supposed to stay down you're not going to go where you want to be. You want to be able to go um, in any direction and 
do whatever you feel like and go in that with confidence, knowing that it could be really bad and epically fail, but it could also be the next great thing that you do for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that concludes our time. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll try to put out a new podcast next week. I got a few ideas for what I want to do. Um, but thank you all for being here. We'll catch you on the next one. Thank you.